0: athlete's secret weapon. I'm not the power in your mind. This is the pledge to hear from sporting champions. Sit back, listen, and release the champion in you.
1: Hello, my friends. Stuart Walter back here again. Stuart Walter, The Athlete's Secret Weapon. And we're going to have a bit of fun today. We're going to have a bit of fun. This person I'm going to be chatting with today, Nick Jorgonoski. That's the one, isn't it? Sorry, got that right. Um, Yeah, Nick is a client of mine from way back in 2012, and he's just started a podcast himself. And I just thought this would be a perfect discussion topic. I'll let Nick uh give you a bit of an understanding of this and talk through it but basically nick is currently based in victoria locked away in total COVID chaos down south of australia in victoria and yeah so we just thought look this is a good opportunity to chat and to talk about all things uh sport muscle muscle memory nick's come from a baseballing background in victoria started playing at the age of seven uh, built up and got a lot better with what he was doing, got into the States and Victorian Institute of Sport and the under-16 Australian squad. And then it all happened. <laughs> yep. Sure. Then it all happened. So please welcome Nick. And Nick, hello. Uh, hi. Thank you
0: for having me on your podcast. Yep. Oh, Thank that's
1: you. all right. I kind of hijacked yours.
0: Yeah, yeah. I guess we sort of, yeah, collaborated and, um, <laughs> yeah, it works out well. It helps us both out. So. Awesome.
1: So what what I will do for anyone listening in the notes within this uh, podcast, go back and read it because there's some links there to Nick's podcast. I'll let him give you all a bit of a rundown on that. Then we'll just go through the history of it because this podcast is all about performance. It's all about that peak performance state. It's all about maximizing your mind to achieve these results. And <laughs> I'll throw it over Nick and he can explain exactly <laughs> what we're talking about as far as results. So go for it, my friend. Welcome, Nick. Yeah, sure.
0: Yeah, well, as you explained already, I was um, yeah, up and coming. Uh, everything was going great, getting better and better. Uh, things were getting more real and more real, um, making state teams. Uh, getting into the VIS, which is the Victorian Institute of Sports, so you're training, you know, next to Olympic athletes. And yep. you're, you're, you know, it's pretty at, at the age of sixteen, seventeen. It's like, wow, this is awesome. Um, you know, uh, state-of-the-art facilities. Yeah. All that kind of thing. Um, and you're thinking about college, and uh, and possibly also, if if you're good enough to get signed and, and play pro, so you've got that as well. Um, that's in the back of your mind, and you've got then you've got. High school year twelve is a big deal in in Australia, yep. um, so you've got a few distractions, things going on. Um, so basically, yeah, I was I was going through that, and then um, just probably just before I left to college, uh, started going through what is what I now know is the yips. Had no idea what what was happening at the and time. And college,
1: college, I'm guessing overseas, US.
0: Yeah, college in the states, Minnesota, yep. Yep. Uh, in Austin, Minnesota, just a, a community college out there. Um so I had about ten schools uh offer me a position. Yep. Um I chose that one based on there was another guy there that I had played against at state level. Um he said they had a really good baseball program there. Yep. And um Minnesota's a bit different. No one from here's really they don't really know about it and it snows a lot, and I never saw snow before, so I thought that's cool. <laughs> so I'll check that out. Um, and well, there's a reason to yeah. go, I guess. Yeah, that's right. But I'm glad I went. I chose there because I, I, I met my fiance. And she's from there. We didn't meet through college, but we met through friends um, that I went to college with. So fantastic. Yeah, okay. I would never have met her if, if I didn't go there.
1: Fantastic. So yeah, how's she coping in all this lockdown? If she's from overseas and you're stuck in Melbourne and
0: yeah, she's um, well. She she gets really she gets homesick quite a bit yeah. at best of times. So um, now is even more. Um, so, but she's working. She, she works at Baseball Victoria. She's been working from home since March. So, um, and she actually she says that she she likes working from home because she gets a lot more done. She <laughs> time
1: Plenty of time to listen to podcasts.
0: Um, yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, so, um, yeah, so there's that, and um, yeah, so basically. Went through the yips uh, just before I went to college in states. Didn't know what was happening. Got over there, thought, you know, I'll, I'll get out of this um, somehow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it just kept getting worse
1: and worse. Okay, so give us a bit of an example of the yips. I guess that's the, I guess the shortened version, of the non-technical version. But give us a bit of an example of the yips. What is it, and what was going on in your baseball? Oh, basically, it's it's
0: like. Uh, an anxiousness or a nervousness that it just completely shuts you down. Like you, you just feel numb. Like you can't, I can't, you can't feel the ball in your hand. You don't know where it's going. Yep. Whereas before you had control, you knew where you were going to throw it. But I had no idea where this ball was going, except for it's probably going to end up somewhere in the dirt.
1: <laughs> but as a pitcher, you probably need to know where it's going and having some level of control over it.
0: Oh, for sure, definitely, and I, I've I've mentioned it a few times, but um, yeah, I couldn't even I couldn't even warm up like the ball. I would be nervous for a warm up with somebody, like not even in a game. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: So how how did that kind of was it an instant thing or was it more of a gradual thing that you noticed that you weren't getting the speed, the distance, what was well, going I think on? it
0: was a – a gradual thing, but it just got worse and worse. So it was like a snowball effect. Yeah. The more the more it happened, the more you think about it, the more you try and change something, the more you get confused. And then the more like I a big part of it for me was embarrassment. I was very embarrassed about it. Yeah. And especially when I got to college because I'm thinking, you know, everyone's like this guy's here from Australia. We've recruited him. What the hell is going on? What is this? <laughs> what, have we, what have we brought over here? Yeah, um, waits for the time. So that's what that's what was going in my head, anyway.
1: Yeah, because having worked with a few athletes with this, there's generally two ways it comes on. One is it's it's an instant shock. Something happens, and it's what we call a pattern interrupt. It automatically interrupts the t- t- typical sequence that we've got in our neural pathways and our muscles and mind so interrupts yep. that so much shock that's a bit of a so much it's a it's a shock and we kind of forget what we're doing next the other one is like you were talking about which is a gradual increase and what happens is you have the memory of that then you go out again what if it happens again what if it happens and it gradually uh, expands on the previous time so it seems to get bigger and bigger and bigger and worse and then these other factors come in like you were saying the The embarrassment, the pressure, the external, the belief in oh, what's going to happen? Is it the last innings, the second last, the third, the fourth, the fifth, the first innings? All these can influence that. So yeah, it's interesting. You got the other way, (laughs) the long long term version.
0: I think because I was sort of a, I was at a young age, and um, obviously at that sort of age, you you care about what others think, and a sense of belonging and that kind of thing. And Mm. I had always been. Uh, like at my club and everything. Oh, that you know, Nick's pretty good at pitching, and and that's his thing. And yeah. uh, basically, I, I, I don't want to sound like arrogant or something, but like that's what I was sort of known for. Yes, um, uh, I like all other aspects of the game, but pitching was always and is always my first. You know, it, I love pitching.
1: So, how did you? How did you manage it? How did you cope? Because it was such a, I guess, a long, drawn-out process to understanding what it was, how it's created. How did you deal with it on the way through? Because in that time of your life, how old how well were you? Uh, 19.
0: So 19, 19. 20, uh, 21, I think, and then I started seeing you and you helped me out there. So, yes. yeah, for a couple of years.
1: So for a couple of years it was gradually building up in your, in your fairly exposed and vulnerable state when you're travelling from one country to another, getting noticed, getting seen, and then all that pressure. Was yeah. there anything in particular you just went, that was a really bad throw and maybe it's all started from there? Did you find any particular root cause?
0: Uh, I never really got the root cause from it. I've been sort of thinking about it, but yeah, I don't really know it all. It all sort of started happening. I guess a few things were happening. It was, and it was before I went over. So it was mm. like, I was playing summer ball here. I was 19 and just, I was going through the Well, actually, actually I want to say I was probably at the end of 18. Yeah. So I was going through high school, year 12, finishing that off. Yeah. Um, so there's that stress on me. Mm-hmm. Um, studying, not wasn't very good at studying. Didn't really like school that much. Well, you're going to play baseball professionally. Yeah, Why would you study? That, so <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the thing. I put everything into baseball. So. Mm. Um, but I still wanted to get a good score and obviously um, did do the right thing and, and study hard and, and whatnot. But um, so I struggled a bit with that. Um, so I had that on my mind. Um, I had uh, the social side of things on my mind. I had. Um, oh, I'm leaving my home on yeah. mm. I had, which was a big, probably a big pressure on my shoulders at that age too. Yeah. I really lived away, that kind of thing. Um, and then I had, yeah, so I, I, I guess I had one, I remember I had one game where I, it just didn't feel right. And then it just it just escalated from there. Yeah. But I, I think my mum's going to hate me for saying this, but just it's not her fault, but she fell over and injured her knee mm. um, on the, on the game on the game day, and it was quite a, a traumatic thing. Like she shattered a staff fracture, um, her patella. Yeah, and yeah. Um, we had to go rescue her from the parklands, and that was in that was the morning of a game in the afternoon. So I think my adrenaline was really pumping for the the whole day, and I yeah. just couldn't couldn't get rid of that adrenaline. And then I had a pretty poor performance that I, well I considered a poor performance yeah and then it just snowballed from there
1: yeah it's interesting because having I guess worked with quite a few athletes I've had I mean we're recording this so visually if anyone's watching you can imagine a golfer having the full swing they've now swung back the club is right up in the air and then they paused yeah they couldn't release the trigger it just kind of bang, straight up there and locked, so much so that that locking threw them off balance and they kept falling over. So it seems hilarious when you're looking at it from an external point of view, but you could just imagine what's going on in the mind, in the body to be that um, pressured in that situation that things just freeze and you forget how to do it. You've got yep. that. And we were talking the other day about a tennis player. I forget who it was now. We were Kornikova. talking about Kornikova. Kornikova. Yeah, and there was something like 30 double faults or something that she served in a row, just couldn't get the ball over the net because it was the it was the ball toss, it was the racket swing, it was the timing, it was the hand-eye coordination. Yep. And it happens. So whether it's a golfer, whether it's baseball, whether it's... um tennis but even recently I was it was hilarious working with the swimmers because obviously the swimming during COVID pools are all shut um and they were doing a lot of external swimming so swimming along the beach in rivers in creeks wherever they could go and one of the athletes I work with the first day back phoned me back and said oh you wouldn't believe this they've forgotten how to tumble turn <laughs> they they came up to the wall and did a somersault opened up their eyes and the wall's right in front oh god yeah so it's, it's pressure, it's situation, it's, it's, an, it's almost like an anxiety response that freezes the typical automatic pathways yep. towards your brain. And I, I use the example when I'm doing a lot of seminars, workshops, even with athletes, I'll throw a tennis ball at them backwards and forwards and they're kind of catching the ball left and right. And then I go, right, how many neural pathways fire in that one second? So between throwing a ball from one hand and catching it in the other, there's a one second. Yeah, I'll do it here because here's one I prepared earlier. <laughs> okay, so anyone watching, throwing the ball from one hand to the other. If you're talking about there to there, there yeah. to there, it's a second and there's 3,000 neural pathways that fire. So you've only got to interrupt one of these and have a really loud crack like on this folder. Bang. And it freezes you. And yeah. all of a sudden, it th- it takes away the automatic neural pathway sequencing it yeah. blocks it and then when it gets to the time again next time it kind of goes oh, oh, oh there was a blockage there and it shudders the next thing uh yeah next thing you can't throw a ball you can't serve a, a tennis ball you can't catch something and you forget how to tumble turn yeah
0: for sure that, that makes a lot of sense i think i remember when when i worked with you you used a, a lack of band as an example <laughs> yeah it just reminded me to make that noise yeah um, and you, you're making the same point that yeah, just that little uh, little thing can can affect the whole process. Yeah. Um, but actually, I do. I did actually put a little clip of, of Anna Kornakova on my Instagram today. Of, oh, you um, did? Yeah. Of, of, you know, several times, um, and uh, yeah, you can see. Uh, I can, I recognise it because I've, I've been through it myself, and you, you can see her her demeanour and everything is just completely off and. Uh, she's rushing through it um, and she looks like she's panicking. Like it's all like, oh my God, oh my
1: God. Yeah, and then the, then you hear the crowd getting in as well, and it's like, whoa, yeah. oh,
0: oh. Yeah.
1: And it's really painful to see, it's painful to watch. Yeah.
0: Well, uh, for example, uh, I, uh, I think I told you about this guy, he's a baseball pitcher, He used to pitch for the Cardinals. Yeah. Uh, Rick, Rick Ankeel, he's actually got a book that I'm reading at the moment about it all. Uh, but he, he, in the baseball community, he's probably the, the biggest name that's gone through it. Yeah. Um, and he went through it during a playoff series. And um, and he said, yeah, 50,000 people going, oh, <laughs> just crushed it. <him. laughs> yeah. And it, it's, it's
1: got to be hard. So this is obviously why you've kind of positioned yourself as you have starting off your podcast. So your podcast is, what's the name of it?
0: It's called Root of Old. Yips podcast and um, basically I, I decided on that name because the yips were evil for me so yep. you know the normal saying is rootable evil so rootable yips and also yep. it's I'm trying to get to the root of, of the yips as well
1: yeah that's that's why everything I, I do as a professional practitioner to get to the root cause it's not putting a band-aid on it yeah it's it's about understanding how the brain works the fundamentals of the human mind what could have created this therefore there's the cause or the root cause therefore we can then change it so for me the working with you those years ago i mean you're in a you're in a different state so you're probably what about 1800 kilometers whatever that is in miles away from me and we managed to work through this give us a bit of a rundown on what you remember from that how you were and the results i
0: remember the exact exactly the first time i called you i was in at work uh in the office and um i work with i worked for my dad and my dad was he was uh i think it was lunch break or something and he said oh we'll talk to you about what was happening and he, he had stumbled upon your name some i don't know maybe he was reading an article about the olympics or something yeah. um so this is back in 2012 and um and then i remember calling you and it was a uh, for some reason, I think it was like an hour-long conversation or something like that. Sounds like a, a quick like, phone call and now. <laughs> <laughs> but I do remember, like, I don't know if this meant anything at the, at the time, but like my whole when I finished the phone call, I was that nervous. I think from talking about it all to you, or it was brick jogging up bad stuff in my brain about the yips and what I went through. My arm was so sore after it, and like I, it, it was like I had been um, lifting weights and was, I don't know why, but I think maybe it, I was just so intense about it all and, and actually talking to somebody about it. Yeah. But um, yeah, I do remember that conversation and then we had a few few sessions and uh, over the phone, which I was like, oh, I don't, I don't know how this is going to work, but <laughs> I, I did believe in it because I, I do mm. think you have to believe in the process for it to work. If you don't believe in like hypnosis, which is what you do, mm. um, then I don't think it will work as, as good as it, as it can. Yeah. So you do have to, you know, let let you guide the process and and believe in it, and then go from there. But yeah, the sessions were really good. Um, and a, a lot of visualization, which was which was excellent too, which I believe in. Um, visualization is huge, which I actually touched on in my podcast, my first episode. Yeah, I didn't realize realize it, but the bus trip down to Adelaide to get to the state uh, championships, the whole time I was just Visualizing pitching against the team that I've been cut from and beating them. Yep. And then that's exactly what happened. But I didn't put two and two together. But now I can. Um, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, no, that's. I really think. Um, yeah, what, what you do is really excellent, and, and it definitely helped me.
1: Yeah, because you were saying at the end of that season it was 2012, wasn't it? Yeah. What yep. were you, what were your results? There you ended up.
0: Oh, the, the after I'd seen you. Yeah. Oh, so 2013 winter season, yep. I actually, uh, yeah, won the club MVP. Right. Um, and, like, I didn't, yeah, I wish I, I wish I had, like, acknowledged it more that hmm. the, the I had gone from, like, not being even able to throw a metre or two to winning an MVP. Yeah, because I, I, I remember
1: that first discussion. You were actually saying you, you had troubles f- throwing a few metres
0: yeah, yeah, I couldn't even throw it like even against a brick wall at at a house or something that would that would freak me out because I didn't want to. Like, yeah, I just I just lost the lost the touch. Hmm. Yeah.
1: No, it's amazing, and and obviously the information's still in there. It's like walking, but like I said, yeah. as soon as you interrupt those neural pathways and you kind of apply pressure, and then you start overthinking it, because that's normally what happens and how people exaggerate the yips is they're so focused on what if it happens again what if i don't want to be embarrassed so the focus is still on that and you're actually creating more anxiety through fear than the actual issue itself it's now becoming more of an emotional thing rather than just a an interruption of a neural pathway yeah so then you start avoiding and start work around the reasons why and what potentially could happen how to minimize the loss and yeah to go from I mean, how fast were you throwing over what distance to virtually a couple of metres?
0: Well, I was, never, I was never known for my uh, velocity. So uh, at the time, I was probably hitting, maybe touching 80 miles an hour. Um, so, you know, uh, that's not really fast, but it's it's okay. Um, but I was more known for my, my curveballs, like the, the go-to pitch was the out pitch. Yeah. Uh, I love, yeah, I always loved that pitch. Um, it, uh, it made it made that sort of buckle, uh, you know, because it looked like it was going at them and then it would just go into the strike zone. Mm. Uh, so that was always my, my favourite pitch and my best pitch. But I was never known for, you know, high heat.
1: Yeah. So give us a bit of a, a rundown, because obviously you've been researching in an fair but what have you... Is there any common factors that you've experienced or you can kind of run in parallel to say, well, this is what the yips are? Because... Obviously, there's other sports you've noticed. Obviously, um, baseball. We got, yep. got the we got the what tennis going down now. What else have we got? Golf we've covered. What else have you noticed? And what are you? What are the things that you've noticed? Is it is it specific ages?
0: Yeah, I think it, it it's. I want to say it's it's probably early twenties maybe. I, I've seen a lot of athletes that are yeah in the in the early twenties. Um, maybe they're they're starting to to. You know uh, experience other things in life and and um yeah they're just maturing a bit more and i think that's what i've noticed i've noticed a lot of the athletes are, are not exact not older they're, they're in that in between mm. sort of age group and it might it might have to do with um proving themselves to somebody or or um yeah i, I don't know exactly but yeah that's what i'm noticing it's that's sort of early 20s
1: mm. I'm just, yeah, I'm just cautious because look, there's so many specialists out there talking about things, but yep. you've actually been through it. So yep. for you, what were the first signs? Because obviously there's going to be athletes out there that are probably only becoming aware of the yips now. Yep. Uh, there's going to be athletes out there that probably went, oh, okay, I went through a bad patch yep. in my sport. I didn't know what it was, um, whether technique was different or I couldn't get something right. What is it that you kind of started noticing
0: and how it's well, th-
1: eventuated?
0: Yeah. Um, well, I think it you start noticing like a irrational anxiety, like you're panicking about something before it's even happened. Hmm. And it's like a, it's like a, like somebody's threatening your life sort of anxiety. It's okay. not like a, it's not like a anxiety where you're excited about something. It's, it's an anxiety that's, um, just makes you freeze and and go, oh, this is a danger to me. Uh, and then, yeah, you can't, you just can't do what you want to do properly.
1: Okay. So it's not like a typical performance anxiety where a little bit of nerves are going, oh, how am I going to go? Whatever. This is a real paralyzing
0: state. It's paralyzing. Yeah. Yeah. Like you, your arm is, uh, you're sweating. Your arm is numb. Well, my arm is numb. Um, so, yeah, you pick up the ball and you just, you've got
1: no control. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know I'm laughing, but it's just yep. – it would – I mean, anyone listening, put yourself in that state that you've got a team in front of you, you've got supporting a team, you're the pitcher, so you're the central part of this game. Yep. You've got the crowd, you've got the cheer squads, you've got everything going on, and then that happens. Imagine yep. – what that would feel like, how you would respond to that. Like, even think of your own sport if someone's a swimmer or a motor racer and forget what the clutch is and how to drive. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah, then that's, that's pretty dangerous, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I know I was listening to your podcast about the uh, the bull riding situation. I brought yeah. this up the day, but yeah, obviously, if you have a brain freeze or a, this sort of yips. On, on the back of a bull, um, it's, that's life threatening. So yeah, mm. it's, um, it, I guess you'd want to, you'd want to figure this out pretty
1: quickly. Yeah. Well, it's interesting you say that cause I do remember not Leighton who was on that podcast that I recorded. Um, yeah. Um, if anyone's interested, go back and listen to the podcast. I forget the name of it now. Where I'm talking to a bull rider where, um, every ride could mean potential death. It was something like that. um, and it was fascinating because one of the other guys that introduced me to Leighton, he was doing it. He said it was on the back of a bull and he was just in fluid moment and all of a sudden he just froze mm. like a oh, I say, like a mannequin and yeah. was thrown off the front of the bull. It was almost like he was just stiff. So potentially mm. that was the start of it where the, bo- the body just froze and freaked out because, look, you've got to imagine these guys are in pressure situations. You've got to come off that thing, whether you like it or, or you don't. You're coming off it yeah. and they can yeah. chase you.
0: Yeah, that's right.
1: It's not as if you, you miss a ball or something. The ball doesn't come back and attack you and want to kill you.
0: Yeah, yeah. But that's, that's why I think um, I think the yips are more prevalent in, uh, in pitches in, in the sport of baseball than any other position. Just because the the focus is on the pitcher, if the pitcher doesn't do well, then the, the team probably won't win. Hmm. Uh, like the pitcher has to throw strikes, um, and you have the ball most of the time. Whereas I think if you if you have the yips, uh, just say as as a hitter, um, it you'll still you probably won't perform well, but hmm. you you're easier to to hide it. I think. Or um, for example, I had I had uh rad harmon on um last night on on my podcast that'll be released i think on sunday um and he was a he got to the majors as a hitter and he put a post out on on facebook a couple weeks ago and i was shocked to hear that he he had an anxiety with his game and that's that's what affected him and that's why he only that's why he didn't get back up to the majors yeah and and eventually got released um, because he was going through a form of anxiety. Um, but he was – yeah, I, I think you don't notice it as much with a, with a hit-up.
1: Yeah. I'm just thinking now – just sort kind of tossing around my head. Maybe there's more. it's more of a technical sport. Maybe it's more technical sports that are experiencing it.
0: Yeah, possibly, yeah. Because um, we're talking
1: golf, tennis, baseball – um, potentially bull riders I mean, obviously yeah. there's a certain different element of fear there but you look at long distance athletes generally not swimmers not other than this yeah. swimmer who decided he'd forgotten how to tumble turn
0: yeah yeah well you look at um like for instance afl players when a lot of them uh the younger guys they miss right in front of the goals yeah right? and you're like oh how do they miss that and it, i think it's it's an anxious thing and um but when they you see a lot of them now they they they, want to, they opt to play on and then kick it while on the run. Yeah. Because I, don't, I think there's less, they don't think about it as much and it's just the content and they get it done. Yeah. Whereas I think if, if they go for a set shot, everybody's looking at them, it's taking time. You know, they've got 20 seconds to get it there. And mm. Yeah, that's what I think anyway. So I think, I think, it, yeah, it's more, I think you're right with what you're saying.
1: Yeah, it's more of a technical sport because I know that fear increases over time. So, for yeah. example, um, like you're talking about, if the AFL players or uh, footballers are running and, and kicking, they're less likely because it's an automatic response. You've got all these things that are just automatically happening. You don't have time to stop and think. But given something like a penalty kick
0: yeah.
1: where something is stable and that's the move and there's got to be some intention, I think that's potentially where it's going to be. Yeah, because awesome. yeah, um, one of my other podcasts with Martin Braithwaite, who is now in um, uh, Barcelona, over, overseas in the football team, with playing alongside Lionel Messi, football um, at Barcelona football club. He came to me originally for the same thing as the fact that he had a a penalty shot and it missed the goal, basically an open shot, and it it became so. Uh, debilitating that he used to have an open goal and he'd pass it to someone else to shoot because he didn't want to miss it. Yeah, yeah. And when you think about that and the whole, the end result of that, and now here he is playing in one of the, or in probably one of the biggest teams in the world yeah. as a main striker. So we've done the same thing and just through visualization, through interrupting the old or well, interrupting the pattern that was created that was blocked to set up a new chain of events a new sequence that can't be blocked now yeah so yeah. look that's just fascinating so what's some advice you would offer for i guess any anyone going through this because there's got to be some emotional like you say embarrassment about it or what would yeah. you what would you I'll
0: offer as advice i say um i actually didn't realize this till recently but there's a lot more people out there going through this sort of thing than you realize and um, a lot of your teammates probably have gone through a form of it at some point in time um, because I've had a lot of guys reach out to me and say, oh, well, I had them at this point in time and, and I wanted to say something to you, but uh, I didn't know how to say it or I didn't know what advice to give you, so I didn't say anything. Whereas I think uh, I'll give advice for people who, who are witnessing somebody going through it as well. Yeah. Just pull, pull, them up, pull them over and just give tell them that you went through it and you can see what's happening and, and you can relate because that's a big deal, I think, if somebody can um, relate to someone else who's gone through it before them, um, they feel like a sense of belonging, I guess, again, and I think that might help them get back to back on track. Um, yeah, but the other advice I would say is definitely seek help, um, take a breath, and just, just sit back for a minute and, and, and work out what's going on and don't panic.
1: Yeah. Okay. So what we'll what we'll do in the show notes is obviously offer connections to you, your podcast and even email to you if people want to just bounce it off and go. Yeah. Is this what I'm doing? What I'm going? What I'm yeah. going through? Obviously the offer there. If anyone does have look, I'm based in Australia, based in Brisbane, nowhere near Nick, but we got some great results with Nick uh, in regards to just oh uh, well, basically online, Skype, Zoom sessions as we're recording now, and even phone. So there's always people there to help you, but just yeah, be aware that it's it's a deeper issue. It's not just a band aid. It's not thinking about a happy place. Yeah. Okay? Because it's a lot of technical stuff that goes on within your mind, within your body. If newer pathways, like I said, three thousand neural pathways fire every second. Yeah. So sometimes overthinking, overanalyzing, thinking, "Hey, I can work through it," yeah. uh, as you've heard with Nick, <laughs> it actually actually made it worse over a period of time.
0: Yeah. Well, I. I I didn't know anything about the the yips or anything like that, so I actually thought it was sort of a physical thing when I was going through it. And I would, um, I, I'm going to have my friend, uh, my teammate, and good friend, Rennie, on the show eventually, um, who was one of my catchers in college, and he he'll tell you every day I'll go out and go, Rennie, can we go do a bull, a bullpen? And a bullpen, for those who don't know, it's like a, a practice pitching session. Um, and every day I would, I would ask him to go do it because I just wanted to get out of this and I was so desperate to get rid of it and, and perform at the college level. Um, but as we know, it's it's way more than a physical thing. But I will say that uh, the mental side of thing, the yips that I went through ended up affecting my physical as well because I, I was changing my mechanics just to get the ball on the full over to somewhere. So that's mm. another thing that it affects and that's another challenge you've got to get through as well.
1: Yeah, because it's typical of athletes is how you train is how you're going to perform. So all you need to do is apply pressure and your mind's instantly going to go back to learnt behaviours. So again, if you're under pressure and you collapse, every time you get under pressure, you'll start doing the same thing. So therefore, that's how the brain actually works. So it can be rewired to go, right, why, why are you feeling pressure to start with? Okay, why are you taking this on? A lot of coaches go, yeah, it's good to be nervous before an event. And I go, you don't want to be nervous because a a nervous muscle tightens itself up, creating a fear response and that anxiety that you're talking about, which can create these issues. When you relax, which is probably that rubber band thing we were talking about initially, because it's like a rubber band. If you're that tight and you pull a rubber band, okay, you've got a greater chance of it snapping and breaking, creating injury. But if yeah. you're relaxed and you apply the same pressure, you actually get a greater distance, a greater speed. So a relaxed muscle is a strong muscle. A relaxed muscle is a fast muscle. So yes. when you think about performance, quite often it's, it's not increasing that, you know, doof, 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 doof with music. You've actually, it's almost like you're just relaxing. Yeah. And yeah. just allowing the pressure just to kind of absorb and retreat rather than yeah. it really tighten up because of it.
0: Mentioned the um, the injury uh, thing. I actually ended up injuring my uh, bicep tendon due to. I, I think it, it was due to to the yips and the way I was trying to uh, adjust adjust my mechanics just to, to get the ball over there. So yeah,
1: um, yeah.
0: and that, that was another. Well, actually, was I know it sounds stupid, but I was actually thankful for it because I um, I I, did, I had an excuse to say, oh, I can't pitch. I'm injured. <laughs> I'm injured. So, yeah, yeah, I can't. Oh
1: mate, I trust me, give you credit for sticking through that. I couldn't think of anything worse. I mean, obviously if you go to training and you can't get it, but when you're in front of a crowd and you've got a team and a batter in front of you and it's kind of rolling towards their feet if if lucky. Yeah. Mate, it's it's gotta be tough. So look, I appreciate you sharing this. Um I'm sure everyone else out there as well. I'll make sure then the notes uh Nick's contact details for the podcast i'm sure you're on instagram and everywhere else
0: yep, so yep, i know yep, the yep.
1: podcast has just started it's so great information and for anyone who's yeah even listening and doesn't know just please share it amongst other athletes because someone you or you know can potentially be influenced by this and you may never even know but they'll just they won't show up they won't turn up they won't put 100 in a the training they'll be injured finding all the excuses and just disappear. And there's so many incredible athletes out there that just don't deserve that way to go out. Yeah,
0: definitely.
1: Okay. So, mate, any lasting words or anything else you'd like to share about? to others out there?
0: Yeah. um, Look, I I was going to say that um, I I had a great time at college and I I made some really good friends over there and and really good connections. But I actually, I think I channeled, I just want to say, I think I channeled. I always craved like that that feeling of like the notoriety mm. and being known for pitching. Um, so I ended up putting that into um, uh, lifting weights at the gym because I wanted that. I wanted people to uh, yeah be like, oh wow, look at Nick. Um, I know that sounds really egotistical, but um, that's I think that's what actually happened. Is I actually started getting heavily into the weights and 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 working on that side of things. So. Um, yeah, I wanted to mention that as
1: well. Yeah. yeah. So just don't get caught up in trying to fix it some other way.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's that's mm. right.
1: Yeah, that, that's yeah, so just yeah. get to the guts of it, get to the heart of it. And that's the thing. It's As hard as it is now, it's potentially only going to get worse. So if there is someone going through it, make sure that you talk to them and share it, share the podcast and connect, and we can certainly work it out because, yeah, it's not fair on... On yourself and all the supporters at see. I mean, your parents—how would they have felt? Just going right. He's left home. He's gone overseas, yeah. and now, yeah,
0: yeah. I think they. Um, I think it was. It was hard for them to see, but I, I think it. I think it actually. It made me pretty, uh, pretty strong and resilient to go through something like that. And um, that's what I'm. I'm making. I'm getting something out of it now by, by helping others, and yeah. Um, and yeah, getting them, getting them to go seek help from someone like yourself. Um, It's really important and and it does work. And um, yeah, the hypnosis side of things, uh, if you don't believe in it,
1: then look into it because it actually really works. Yeah, because with the hypnosis and NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming, all the processes I use, it's getting down to that deeper level in your thinking, in your actions, in your behaviours. It's not this band-aid thing on the surface, so it's actually getting to the root cause and the actual program that's been operating that created these YIPS and we can just basically reprogram it. So I appreciate yeah. that yeah. mate, that, that's awesome. So yeah, if anyone's interested, yeah, individual sessions with me, or we can do online programs. I've got an online program, which <laughs> I gave Nick as one of the original guinea pigs of yeah, back in right. 2012. Because um, I remember when Nick phoned originally, he goes, oh, I've got this thing. And I went, yeah, you can come up to Brisbane, you can fly, it's going to cost you a fortune. Or yeah. I've just created this online program if you want to give it a crack. And you're probably one of the originals to go through it.
0: Wow. So
1: yeah, so obviously that that um, is all there as well. It kind of helps you to understand what's going on within your mind, fundamentals of the mind. It gives you the hypnosis recordings you can listen to in your own time. Um, yeah. So it's it's fantastic. So, mate, appreciate your time, especially with the focus on the IFS as well. It's something that probably not many people know about, yeah. but probably will begin to know about it because there's there's going to be a lot of potential physios or coaches and specialists out there as well within the sports performance area that probably need to hear a lot of this. So there is a solution. It is real. It is fixable. Um, yep. So yeah, just don't wipe people off thinking <laughs> thinking that's it. They're gone. Yeah, that's that's very important. That's true. Yeah, because yeah, it's amazing that the confidence and the self esteem would absolutely take a hit from this. So, yeah, people will basically live with regret and shame and potential embarrassment for the rest of their life because of it. So, can be done, can be fixed. So, uh, let's deal with the mental aspect of it because people's an athlete's mental well being is essential. It's it's even more critical these days as we've begun to notice.
0: Absolutely.
1: Okay. Excellent. So, Nick, my friend, okay, we we'll am going to leave it there, so I appreciate it. So, Nick Jorgenowski, okay, thanks very much. We will connect again on podcast. I'm sure of it. If anyone's got any questions, send it through. But that's it from me. And from Nick, thank you. Yeah, thanks
0: for having me on.
1: You're welcome, mate. You take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to
0: Stuart Walter and the Athlete's Secret Weapon podcast. We appreciate you taking the time to listen and learn. To connect with Stuart, find him at stuart Walter ASW on Instagram, Elite Mindset Institute on Facebook. Watch these podcasts on Stuart Walter's channel on YouTube. If you have questions, would like the opportunity to work with him or to book him for events, email Stuart directly on stuart at elitemindsetinstitute.com.au. Music and voiceover provided by SLT Live Productions. More information at sltlive.com.